Welcome to another episode of The Glow Show. My name is Pastor Sarah Stadler. I've served Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Phoenix for the past 11 years. During fall 2021, we are exploring the theme Theological ABCs, taking a look at the words of our faith, breaking them down, exploring them. Today, we are exploring the word eschatology with Ursula Osborne, who is a member of Grace. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. I'm glad for the opportunity to share and study. So Ursula, eschatology is by definition, the study of the last things. We often think of the last things in Christianity as the day Jesus returns, the day of God's kingdom come on earth. Why are you interested in eschatology? I am interested in the study of words. Hmm. And so when this opportunity of a theological study of word eschatology presented itself, hmm. I said, oh, yes, I, I would like to do that. Yeah. And so I have really studied Revelations 21 and 22. The more I read it, the more questions I have. That's awesome. But maybe that's the purpose of studying the Bible. Yes. <laughs> With an, oh, not, I didn't study it expecting anything in return mm -hmm. except drawing closer to my faith. Yeah. But it, it's just been a real interesting experience all the way around for me. Awesome. Well, what first of all then, what do you think Jesus' return will be like? His return is going to be what the people need him to be. Mm. Drawing people to him. Mm. Whether he is here now or not in some form, I think he could be Definitely, his Holy Spirit flows across the face of the earth. Absolutely. So, yes, Jesus might be here now. Yeah. Living within us, helping us through all of those times when we are feel like we're walking along on all four legs across the face of the earth by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And he's here. He is here within us. Mm. He lives within us now. Mm. And I, I just believe that the faith that we have in Jesus carries us through. And that our faith makes him here within us mm. now mm -hmm. because we reach out to him yes. in faith mm -hmm. and hope. And he is our sustainer. Mm -hmm. So, yes, he is here now. Huh. So do you think that Jesus will return and the kingdom will come in some grander fashion someday? Or do you think this is this is God's kingdom come now? I'm curious. I think I, I don't see Jerusalem coming down from heaven. Hmm. But I do see a new creation hmm. and a new earth. Yeah. And the new people that are Jesus will draw us all into him yes. at that coming, at yeah. that, that, that moment when it's time. He will be here for us. Yeah. Oh. 
Um, I have long loved the story of Jesus' ascension from Acts 1. As the disciples watch Jesus ascend into heaven, two men in white, who are presumably angels, tell the disciples that Jesus will return in the same way that he left. We have often interpreted that to mean that Jesus will come down from the sky with trumpets, the sun shining through the clouds. But in the story, Jesus begins on the ground and is lifted up. If he comes back in the same way, he will come from beneath and be lifted up to earth. So I wonder if Jesus will come and already comes from the lowest strata of humanity to be with us, and that his coming will be humble instead of majestic. Does that vision of Jesus coming resonate with you? Yes, huh. because that's why I think Jesus will come in the manner that we need him to be. Hmm. I think if he came with trumpets and the horns and, you know, oh. all of the wonderful noise, yes, people would be frightened. Oh, yes. And that's not his purpose in coming. Yeah. His purpose in coming is to bring peace hmm. and hope hmm. and joy. Yeah. I have something here okay. that I need for you to read. Okay. Please. Sure. Let's talk about there will be no more joy or no more tears. Yes. It's right in here somewhere. Yes. So in the book of Revelation, uh, we have a vision from John of Patmos about the kingdom of God come on earth. And literally in the vision, John sees a new heaven and a new earth. And God makes God's home on earth with the people. It's a marvelous vision of restoration, of creation. And the book of Revelation is really the only place in the Bible where there is any vision of what heaven might be like, especially in chapters 21 and 22, which here is this, a portion of that. So Revelation 21 says, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. I am the Omega, the beginning, Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. I love that. To me... What is my idea of heaven? Mm. It's going to be that. Mm. That's going to be my idea of heaven. That's why I said that when Jesus comes, if he isn't here already, mm -hmm. he's going to be what the people need. Yeah. Not, you know, because he's already paid the price for being there. And you talked about the two angels mm -hmm. carrying Jesus up. Yes. And I had the idea, would those be the same two angels who sat at the foot of his tomb mm. when they went in and Peter dashed in to yeah. see him? Yeah. What was going on? And they said, who are you looking for? Mm. So there is so much mystery involved in this. Indeed. I think the nice thing about it is, is that we don't know for certain, but we hold on to our faith. 
Hmm. That faith sustains us as we go along. Maybe we believe in baptism, maybe we don't. But we still have that solid Christian faith of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. that is sustaining us. One other verse that I love, and I think the whole world knows, is John three sixteen. For God so loved Mm -hmm. the world that he gave his only Son that whosoever believed should not perish but have everlasting life. And that will be a part of his second coming. Hmm. How so? The atonement. Hmm. Those are my thoughts on that. Okay. The book of Revelation is a scary book of the Bible for many people because it is apocalyptic literature. That is, it uses graphic imagery and metaphors to describe a situation. In this case, Revelation describes the persecution of the church at the end of the first century by the Roman Empire. The victor in the book of Revelation is the Lamb. The Lamb is at the center of the throne. Why do you think John sees a vision of a Lamb as a victor against the Roman Empire? What significance does that have? Because we have it. We know the story of Jesus holding the Lamb. And the children coming to Jesus. And I see Jesus as being the victor of the humble and the downtrodden. Yes. And those suffering in this world. Yes. And that's why I love that part about there's going to be no more sorrow and no more. Yes. (laughs) I love that. There's enough already. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, Yeah, so it's so interesting to me that Revelation does use the image of lamb as a victor because lambs are very, we think, very vulnerable, very fragile. Yet in Revelation, the lamb is the victor. What does that teach us about the kingdom of God or how it comes? The kingdom of God is going to be for everyone Mm. to enjoy and know that peace and no more sorrow and no more tears. And I see that as a kingdom of God mm. come to earth. I think it's going to be wonderful that God will make his home on earth mm-hmm. at that point. Yes. And we will be able to see his light face to face. Yes. That is the kingdom. That is the lamb. That is the only thing that I was a little bit confused, puzzled about there. Yes, you were only confused by one thing in Revelation. Good work. <laughs> no, <laughs> but who is the bride mm. coming with the lamb? Yeah, good question. Coming down from heaven, the city of Jerusalem, and somebody city is dressed as a bride for her bridegroom. Mm-hmm. There's not been a lot, or I have not heard a lot of information passed back and forth about who the bride is in that circumstance yeah i don't know yeah it's a good question so biblical scholars would say that in the book of revelation the bride is the church and that the bride is adorned for her husband in the sense of the church is preparing to welcome 
God, yes, in God's fullness and like in the coming of the kingdom. Oh, okay, and so it's it's a strange metaphor that we don't. You're right. We totally don't talk about that anymore. In generations past, perhaps they talked more about marriage as a metaphor for God's relationship with God's people, and certainly within Scripture, like the Old Testament prophets used marriage as a metaphor for God and God's people. Um, so. In Revelation, it's a very positive metaphor. Uh, it's used very positively. Some of the things that are revealed in Revelation, I like them. Some of them. <laughs> right. It's tricky, right? Yeah, because, yeah. It, I mean, if you read only chapters 21 and 22, the vision is beautific. It's wonderful. It's talking about this kingdom come where the lamb is the victor and it's peaceful and there's an end to sorrow and there's there's so much beauty but then the rest of the book it's all apocalyptic literature so there's you know dragons and beasts and and you slaughter and it's not so beautiful yeah well i have one last question for you I remember in seminary my systematic theology professor drawing concentric circles on a whiteboard he says, here's the church. The bishops and the clergy are in the middle of the circle, in the in the very inner circle. The very active lay people are in the next circle out. The people who go to church once in a while are in the next circle out. Those who go on Christmas and Easter only are in the next circle out. And then here's the edge of the church. Uh, here's where it stops. And then he turned to us and he said, where is Jesus in the church? And we seminary students raised our hands and guessed various spots. And finally, our professor said, Jesus is on the outside of the church. Outside all the circles, Jesus is on the margins. Jesus is in the eschaton. The space outside the church is the eschaton where God goes to call everyone beloved. And I love this definition of eschaton, um, you know, very similar to the word eschatology, it means the last things, not in time, but in space, the last things in space on the very edge. And a little bit ago, you talked about how in the end, Jesus will draw all people to himself. And I am just thinking about my systematic theology professor, and that is exactly what he said, that Jesus stands on the outside and he draws all people to himself. Because, you know, the people who are already part of the church don't need to be drawn to Jesus because we're already there, right? It's everybody else yeah, who is drawn to Jesus, by Jesus. That doesn't resonate with you? The only problem that I have with that is that we're saying that the people who are in the church have a better relationship with Jesus than those who don't. And I, I feel that we're passing judgment. Touche, Ursula, thank you. And yeah, um, sometimes I get, I understand the nature of grace, but especially in the uh, Revelation 22, it makes me wonder how does our definition of grace be a part of what they are. Yeah. Be a part of the eschatology. Yes. Yeah. 
It's a great, great question. And it's, 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 it can be a bummer trying to figure all that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, we have no control over it. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's just going to happen. <laughs> yes. Mm. So, no, but I have enjoyed studying this very much. Oh, good. And becoming more enlightened as I go along. Yeah. And I've enjoyed the discussion. Well, that's been very nice. I've enjoyed it too. Thank okay. you so much. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the king.